This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. We're good to have him back in the studio to chat. We have Bryce Bobrecht here. He is the conservation officer here on the Bemidji office. And Bryce, before we get into anything uh, detailing conservation officer stuff, Beavers are four and two. Big game with UMD this weekend. How are they going to do? Yeah, they're having a good fall so far. Uh, UMD is always a tough opponent. It seems like even back when I was playing, they were one of the number one teams in the conference. So uh, always a challenge when you when you face them. And you got to go to their place. Yeah, that's an even tougher place to play. That's one of the harder stadiums to go in and play at. Well, it'd be a, it'd be a huge win for them if they if they got. Yes, it would be. So you know, do you uh, do you make sure that you're working Saturdays for home games and that you're patrolling somewhere near <laughs> Chet Anderson? Um, yeah, I'll usually be out in the lake once in a while. Uh, it seems like all the home games this year have been during a busy weekend when I've had to work. <laughs> it's always fun to get back and and watch the team play, and it's also hard just to sit on the sidelines and watch at the same time. So, when what years did you play for the Beavs? My last season would have been two thousand four. Okay. So several years ago, already. <laughs> yeah. What is that? That's 17 years ago now. Sorry uh, to yeah, say. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and you've been doing conservation officer work since then? or I started at the state in 2008, so okay. I yep, came back up to Bemidji as soon as I could. All right. Well, it's a great place to be a conservation officer, I would think, if you like yeah, the outdoors. Yeah, very good variety of things to do, and it's, uh, it's always busy around here. Well, we are definitely starting into the, the hunting seasons, and of course, we're uh, getting very close to deer opener. I'm firearm deer opener, I should yep. say, and we'll get into that in a moment. But um, you know, we're into that stage where um, the hard course is still out fishing, but the water tempest really starting to drop. Now, that could get dangerous if we're not paying attention to doing what we need to do. Yep, always want to make sure you remember to check your uh, safety equipment before heading out. If you're switching from a duck boat in the morning to your fishing boat in the afternoon, just Make sure you're bringing all that stuff with. Like you said, temperatures are starting to drop. It was 80 degrees here a few days ago, but now we're getting down into the 40s, and that water temperatures are going to change. Um, fishing has been great, uh, and the lakes have been very busy, and the weather has been perfect for a fall fishing season. This has been an incredible fall by by our standards. A nice, long, very warm gave people an opportunity to be out there, and and the bite was you noted was good, and that that probably kept more people out there as well. Um, the last two years, I know that the license sales and the fishing side, and I think on the hunting side as well, were up. Um, did that mean more arrests, or, or were people knowing what they were supposed to be doing? People have still been pretty good. It's it's the same percentage, I would say, okay. of people forgetting to do something or making a mistake or getting greedy at times. But we haven't seen a great spike in that. But we have seen a, a huge increase in the traffic on the area lakes and in the trails in the fall here now. And um, ATV registrations and boat registrations have been up significantly. And you, and you see that when you're out on the lakes and the trails. When you're... Uh out there, what, are you, what is the most common violation you find on the fishing side? Um, we see a lot of people that forget their licenses. I have ran into quite a few this summer and spring now that come from a different area. They're up for the weekend, so they just sneak out on the lake or go out on the lake and don't buy their license. 
which is pretty inexcusable now. We the license sales have changed so much over the last few years, where you can get a day fishing license to a week long or forty eight hour. There's so many different options now, where you don't have to buy that full season license. So it's it's not really a very good reason, especially you, since you can do it online. Oh yeah, it's easy online over the phone or go to the bait store if you want. And then if we get into the evening hours, um, navigation light stuff still seems to be an issue where people are waiting too long before they turn them on. It's not a, a huge issue, but it could lead to a big issue if, if there's other people out there and they can't see them. Even if it's <clears throat> a little bit lighter, dusky, some of those gray, tannish-colored boats are very difficult to see on the lake, so it's important to get those lights on when you're required to. Has there been anything significant in the area in the last year or so, as far as arrests or violations or anything? Um, no, nothing significant. I guess we arrested a few drunk boaters over this summer. We're fortunate, knock on wood, we didn't have any bad accidents out on the lakes this, this summer or spring. Um, no drowning so far. Again, knock on wood, we don't have to go to any of those. Um, pr- pretty typical summer, spring and and early fall just a little bit busier than the last few years one thing we sure don't see i don't think it's as much of anymore is the gross violations There's, that that seems to have been cleaned up to some degree yeah we still run into groups that are that come up and or come over and and take too many fish um or game whatever it happens to be but yeah you don't see we still run into shining in the fall, but not to the, the extent it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, stuff like that. So for, for those who aren't into hunting, what is shining? Um, shining is when people are going out at night. They'll shine a big bright light or use the headlights of a vehicle and then and then take a deer, shoot a deer. Which, yeah, that's a no-no. Yep. <laughs> well, one of the biggest things that's, that's going to be happening this fall is, at least in Beltrami County, yep. uh, is CWD, chronic wasting disease, and we're going to have to have our deers checked. So how does that play out? Yeah, so this spring we had a, a positive test in a, a local deer farm. Um, so for the hunters, it's going to change a little bit different where the first opening weekend of the firearm seasons, you're going to be required to take your deer in and have it tested. Um, the The amount of time it takes to get a positive or negative test result back varies depending on how busy they are. I believe they want to get around 1,800 to 2,000 tests in that first weekend. Okay. Um, if you take a deer now, you can go in and voluntarily provide a sample, but it's not required until that first weekend. So that'll be the biggest significant change of the firearm season in this area. Well, and, you know, I, it might be a bit of a pain, but I would, you know, you're going to want to check that out. I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't want to take a chance. We, we don't know that CWD would affect uh, a person if they were to eat venison, but I don't want to take that chance. Yeah, I've gone to a few, uh, to one of the CWD um meetings they had in the area where they brought people from the U of M and the Department of Ag and stuff like that. According to them it's not harmful for human consumption. I don't I don't I didn't remember all the details on that, but according to them it's not. But yeah, it's still important we don't want that to spread to the wild population and then that that can greatly affect the population for the future if we get that going around. I do know they have the fence and hopefully that's gonna 
take care of that here. I know that uh, you know down in Crow Wing County, they've they've yep. had to deal with it for a number of years. It seems sounds like they've been able to keep it fairly contained. And what are they in their fifth and final year? I think this year of having to do yeah. that. Yeah, it's been going on for quite a while down there. Yeah, that the fencing project looked like a pretty significant project, and sounds like they're going to be studying chronic wasting disease in the soil and different stuff like that by the U of M people up there. So should be interesting to see what they find too. Okay. Well, um, we we also have other hunting seasons going on now. What is this? Is there a stand? I know for deer, I think it's what is it? A half hour before sunrise and a half hour after sunset. Yep. That you can hunt. Yep. Is that the same for all hunting seasons? It changes a little bit depending on what you're hunting. Uh, <clears throat> like waterfall seasons going on right now. That's a half hour before sunrise to sunset. Um, see what else you got? Grouse hunting. Half that's sunrise to sunset. If you get down west of here, west, west and south, you get into that pheasant zone. I'm not real keen on my pheasant stuff. <laughs> uh, I grew up hunting them all the time, but now I've been up here for so many years, I just kind of forgot. But I believe it's still 9 to sunset. Okay. So there's a little bit different hours. Yeah, your best bet is just to pick up a regulations book when you get your license, or most of the gas stations have them. Just refresh yourself on that. You know, uh, if you... Uh... If you're into all this hunting and fishing, there's 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 options license wise that'll probably save you some money if you look at that stuff, right? Yeah, depending on how much you do it. Like the, I said earlier, there's anything from a one day license now up to a full year long license, and prices vary, and it just depends on how often you go out. And I think you can get like a small game, which gives you multiple animals that you can hunt. And I think there's a fishing and life, a sportsman, sportswoman's type yep, one. Yep, too. you can buy a sports license, which is your small game fishing combination. Um, saves you a few dollars on the license, but yeah. Okay. Well, what has uh, has it been out like out there? You said there's been a lot of traffic, a lot of things going on. Um, what's the vibe from people out there the last couple of years with the Probably due to COVID, uh, some of them having a lot more fishing time than they used to. Yeah, the the pressure on the lakes has been crazy. People are out there all the time. You're seeing more people stay up at their cabins and work a little bit remotely from their cabin and then go out and enjoy the weather when it's nice out. And they'll work for a few hours and go out in the lake and then come back and work, and you're seeing all kinds of different stuff. But pressure on the lakes has been up. People seem to enjoy it. Uh, especially this fall, the weather has been just ideal. We haven't had a lot of wind, and it's been warmer, and we're finally getting some rain to to raise the lake levels a little bit. So that's it's it's been great for people, and they seem to enjoy it. Bryce Volbrecht is a DNR conservation officer. We're covering the whole gamut with him today. More from Bryce next on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. My guest today, Bryce Volbrecht, Area Conservation Officer for the DNR. 
What is your area? What all do you have to cover? Uh, it's pretty hard to explain, but I kind of cover the Cass Lake chain out towards the Pennington area. Um, then I go over uh, west to Wilton, then north up to the Red Lake Reservation line and kind of jot around to over by Turtle River area. So it jumps around a little bit, but Bemidji is probably my busiest lake spring, in, spring summer, and winter, and then the Cass Lake chain, Andrusia, Big Wolf, and those. We we think of you, you know, doing fishing and hunting and those types of things. Yep. But you are a law enforcement officer, and 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 you might be called into other types of action at times. Is that correct? Yeah, I I help out uh, Beltrami County deputies quite a bit in Bemidji PD. Um, it's fun to do some of that stuff. I used to be a cop before I did this, so I get get into some of that stuff too, and. Unfortunately, we've been called down to the metro area for some civil unrest the last couple of springs, which has been a new aspect to my job. I haven't done that previously, and now we've been called in to do some of that stuff as well. It's a little different than lakes and woods. It, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, I I would prefer to stay up here. <laughs> All right, so we uh, again we're getting ready for uh, for for the main hunting season. I don't think there's any doubt that there's. The woods get a lot busier yep. once the firearm kicks in. Yeah, we just get that huge amount of people coming to the area for that, especially that first weekend. That's when we see 80% of our deer taken, and the majority of the hunters are out that weekend. That slowly tapers off. But, yeah, that's the that's the peak to the fall, and then we slow down before uh, early ice fishing season gets going. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's another time that can be... You know, people get very fired up and want to get yep. out there, but that can be extremely dangerous. Yeah, we want to make sure we're checking ice conditions and uh, know your lakes, the ones that have springs in it, current, uh, stuff like that. It will get safe ice on some lakes, and then you get out where there's a river running through it or a few springs, and you get terrible ice. Uh, we're not that far from when people start fishing Red Lake. That's probably one of the first lakes to get going in the area. Well, yeah, because that bite is really good early in the season, and people make, well, we've heard of a number of people making some questionable decisions because they really wanted that early ice bite. Yeah, the the bite can be extremely good, and <clears throat> if you get a wind out of the south, a strong wind out of the south, it usually pushes the ice sheet, and then you get a huge separation in the crack, and yeah, there's been like, countless ice rescues out there over the years for people that get, get stranded. So be careful of that. Ice fishing has always been popular up here, but from from what I'm gathering with the the, the new McMansions that can get out there, yeah. out there, the satellite dishes and everything else that comes with it, the the pressure on some of these lakes has been absolutely incredible the last few years. Yeah, the the amount of pressure is just growing tremendously. Like you said, at the ice the ice castles, probably one of the bigger ones, uh, but the ice houses they're like cabins on the lake now. It's Pretty impressive. You get into some of those, and they have fireplaces now and full-size fridges, and, and they can stand there for the entire winter if they want. But it's pretty neat to see what some people come up with in those, and it definitely has increased the pressure on some of the lakes. Um, one of the the um, big deals that has occurred in the fishing world here the last few years was the implementation of new um, um sunfish regulations on a number of lakes yep uh have people adapted and they know what's going on have you had to warn some people or give them tickets yeah we haven't 
had too many issues with that. I mean, a lot of my lakes now switch to that five sunfish a day limit. A lot of the people like it. It's reduced the pressure on the sunfish, and we do have some some very good panfish lakes in this area. And uh, no, we haven't had too many issues with it actually. One thing I've, I've certainly noticed uh, over the last many years is the change in uh, in behaviors, and I think we have a, we have a a fairly educated uh, fishing and hunting population in this area. They're 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 kind of tuned in. They know what's going on. They care a lot, and uh, and they're and you know a lot of it's self regulation these days too, as far as you know, yeah, we, catch and release and things like that. Yeah, you see a lot of people. I mean, we sit back and watch people, and you see a lot of people re- releasing the bigger crappies now or the bigger trophy sunfish and stuff like that. They keep enough to eat, and then that's they're satisfied. <laughs> Well, certainly, it's uh, it's it's that's that's obviously very good to see. Um, as we get ready now for um, for fall and for deer hunting in particular, what is you know the one core thing people hidden through the woods have got to remember? Probably the biggest thing is remember blaze orange and then know which property you're hunting on. If it's private property, remember to get permission. Um, that causes a lot of issues in the fall for us. Oh no, no doubt about it. Hey, one of the things about you want to just wait? You want to I cough need a drink of water. Oh, I can get you that. <clears throat> so when it comes to trespassing, is it mainly just maybe not knowing what boundaries are or some people just deliberately doing it? We get a little bit of both. Um, sometimes people do get a little bit greedy. and Antlers make people do the craziest things. <laughs> so they'll take the, the chance and just try to sneak out there and shoot something without the landowner knowing about it. Other times people just don't know the laws and they don't know where they're at exactly. So okay. it's important just to try and figure out where you're at. There's so many different apps on phones now that can help you out with that. Plot books, online, GIS mapping through the county, stuff like that. You know, one of the things about living here, even if you know people aren't into deer hunting or duck hunting or even fishing, that's part of the vibe why they live here is to see the animals, to be a part of that and have them come through your yard. That's kind of one of the cool things. This CWD thing, I'm hearing, could affect what some people do in their yards. Um, feeding stations might be something we can't do for a few years. I, I don't think that's been implemented yet, but I hear no. it's a good chance it will be. It could. If it's found in the wild population, then it will most likely move to a feeding ban. Okay. Because, yeah, if you get too many deer coming around there and eating at the same spot, it's a yeah. good way for it to spread, correct? Yeah, but it spreads through saliva, so that's a big thing. That's why we don't want to concentrate them. Okay. So so at this point, we haven't found it in the wild. Feeding feeding is still okay right now. Correct. Unless you get down in Hubbard County, Cass County, those counties already have the feed bans. But it's been like that for a couple of years. So. Okay. So nothing in Beltrami County yet. Yep. What made you decide to get into this biz? Um, I've always loved the outdoors. <clears throat> um, always had an interest in law enforcement, so it kind of just went hand in hand. You, you say you started out as as a cop. Did the job open up, and you decide that's what you want to do. Is there special training that you do if you become a, a conservation yeah. officer? Yep. So if we get hired, we go through an academy at Camp Ripley for I think it's up to fifteen weeks now. It was twelve when I started, and then we do sixteen weeks of field training with different officers around the state. Now, we will have um, the, the firearm deer season, of course, and we've yep. got muzzleloader season after that. Yep. 
Um, what what else goes on in the woods that you have to keep tabs on other than the, the obvious stuff we're all used to hearing about? Um, other than the, the hunting seasons, we do help forestry out with wildfire investigations, <clears throat> um, timber theft. Uh, we check people cutting balsam boughs and spruce tops for permits. Check people for firewood collection permits. Um, we get into wetland violation stuffs and public waters violations, and we do a lot of different environmental law enforcement stuff. And I suppose there is some trapping stuff you have to keep tabs oh, yep. on, too. Yep. That's something i got to talk to somebody about that, because that's the one thing I have never done an interview on is trapping. It's just that, not something that's in my radar, but yeah. obviously there's enough people up here doing it, right? Oh, yeah. That's a popular area to do that we have all kinds of different species you don't have in other southern part of the state bobcat otter you get your pine martin fish or stuff like that um and then of course it's ice fishing that'll be the other thing that keeps you busy in the winter i presume yep that'll be extremely busy and if we get snow we'll be out on the snowmobile trails as well okay anything else we should know about before we wrap it up today I don't think so. Like, if you do see any violations, you can always call us, or else the <clears throat> on every hunting license, there's a turn in poachers line contact. Um, they're open twenty four seven, so that's a great way to get in touch with one of us. I know a lot of people don't want to get involved, but it, it is anonymous, and you can even get the uh, the reward anonymously. Correct? Yep, yep. We could do a reward. Uh, obviously, you can always stay anonymous if you want to, or if you want to tell us your name, we won't tell anybody else who it was that contacted us. There's several different options for that. And the tip number is on the licenses? Yep, on every license printed in the state, and it's in every regulation book. So it's real easy to find. Okay. It's Vice Volbrecht. You hope you don't run into him on in the woods, other than to just <coughs> say hi. He is the conservation officer up in this deck of the woods. Bryce, thanks for taking the time to be in today. Yep, thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast.